coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell. And we are addressing the thing that everybody is addressing, uh, not the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. We're not we're not talking about that because that's not really important. We're talking about yeah, uh, we're talking about just the increase in violence not just in our in every community it's a nationwide problem uh and and my personal feeling is if the government felt like the need to force a response to a pandemic that was killing people or if the government felt like hey we got to give money to ukraine because people are getting killed there should be an immediate response to this increase in violence because people are dying children are dying uh everyone it's it's and i was talking with our mom's group it's it's not black neighborhoods or white neighborhoods or hispanic neighborhoods it's everywhere every city all across the nation where this is happening so uh we're talking about what can we as people of faith what should our response be and what can we do so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it out to mark first and then later uh i was telling mark i asked the same question on my tiktok channel and asked people to share their thoughts and i have a lot of responses from people so i'll share some of those later on and i will say in advance that if this sounds political it's not we're, we're not coming from a democratic or republican or independent or libertarian or whatever perspective we're coming from a people of faith perspective so go ahead and you know what my first answer is going to be? Above anything else, as in everything that we do, this situation needs to be bathed with prayer. It needs to be, churches need to be setting aside time to sit down and pray specifically for all of the violence, all of the evil that is going on in the world. Um, two, we shouldn't really be shocked that all of these things are happening. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, Mark, what are you talking about? It's in the Bible. The Bible says in the end times, which we are in, the lawlessness of man will be multiplied. And that's what we're seeing. We are seeing the lawlessness of man being multiplied. And unfortunately, as I was telling Floyd, I don't think there's any law. There's nothing that the government can do to stop evil from happening. It just, there's nothing we can do. There's things we can do to slow it down. There's things we can do to, to, um, maybe stop one or two thing, people from doing something. But as a rule, and the majority of the thought is we're not going to be able to stop this situation until we address what the real 
root cause of it is. And coming from a faith-based perspective, the root cause of all of this is sin. Plain and simple. There's no other root cause to why these things are happening. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you. First of all, I agree 100%. Uh, not only do I agree it's a sin issue, I think that if we, the church, aren't acknowledging that and aren't doing something about it, then we're sinning. James says if we know the right thing to do, which is to tell the world, hey, this is a sin issue, God has the answer, and if we know the right thing to do and do nothing, it's sin for us. So yeah. I think we're sinning by not stepping forward and, and saying here's the answer. But I want to talk about because everyone's been addressed. It's over and over where people say it's a gun problem it's the guns it's a gun problem it's a gun problem so what do you what do you say to those people and i was telling you before i heard on the radio where there was a guy saying that you know there was a shooting i don't remember where it was because he named off several in like the 80s where someone killed like over 20 people with two handguns uh so i don't i don't see it as an ar-15 problem if you get rid of the AR-15s, they'll use handguns. If you get rid of the handguns, they'll use knives. Get rid of the knives. They're going to start plowing through people with vans, right? And, and I know, yeah, and I know people have criticized the, you know, all the memes that say, hey, it's not the gun, yeah. it's the user problem. But um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Timothy McVeigh took down a whole building, killed bunches of people with a van. No one said, let's get rid of the vans. They realized that wasn't the problem. The problem was of, him and what he manure, was trying. Get rid of the manure that he used. Yeah, no one said let's ban manure. Let's do it. now. They put they they did put here's some legal limits around buying that kind of thing. And I think from a right. gun standpoint, um, let's start here. I do think that there should be. I don't know about stricter because I don't know what all the gun laws are, but there should be some common sense rules to buy a gun. And and there are. There are common sense rules to buy a gun. There are laws put into place to buy a gun, to purchase a gun. It's not easy to go and buy a gun and at a store. It really isn't. Unless you go to like Walmart or someplace that doesn't sell, that only sells like hunting rifles and things like that. Not so much handguns. But there's a lot of red tape that has to go into buying a handgun. Uh, or a, you know, or any other kind of gun other than a recreational gun. Um, I don't believe the problem is gun is the gun is gun related. I do not believe it's gun related because if you're if you've got the mindset that you're going to that you're going to do what the guy in Texas did you're going to get a gun regardless of whether it's legal or not. You're just going to do it. One way or another, you're going to find a gun. And the the problem is, and I, I, I don't want to make this sound bad in any way, but there's a lot of mental health issues in every one of these mass shooters. And why haven't why haven't the families picked up on it? Why haven't law enforcement picked up on it? 
I mean, there were signs, especially for the one in Texas. His, his grandfather said he didn't even know there was guns in the house, and he's a felon, and he's not allowed to be around guns. And he didn't even know there was guns in the house. Why, why aren't we as individuals being more diligent as to what's going on around us? We've gotten to become a society of, I don't care what anyone else does as long as it doesn't bother me. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to that and say that I know they said he was bullied in this, that, and the other, and I don't think that's a 100% justifiable reason to take another life. But I will say, yeah, where, where's the community that steps in and says, hey, why is he being, why are we treating people that way because they're different? Why are we, you know, because you, I, I get messages all the time from people who are like, here's why I don't go to church because I have earrings, tattoos, blue hair, whatever. I walk into a church and they judge me, they laugh at me or whatever. And this wasn't just the church. This was several different aspects of that community mm-hmm. that, for lack of a better term, created this monster Uh, every aspect of that community contributed to creating this monster who did this not justifying what he did but definitely contributed to his thinking that he was justified in what he did Uh, but let's go back to guns real quick i think because i know a lot of people are saying well uh and i heard someone say this on the radio and i've had my wife go through this problem it is, a, it is harder to get some prescription drugs than it is to get some, like, weapons. And I guess, you know, in Texas, the guy was, what, 18 and was able to go and buy an AR-15. Uh, but if you're 18, you have to jump through hoops in order to buy Sudafed because it can yeah. be used for meth and all that kind of stuff. And I know when my wife went to renew, I don't know what prescription she was on, but she went to renew it. They told her, you can't have it because it's only been 29 days and you can only renew it every 30 days. So she could only have a limited amount of this prescription. But if she wanted to, as in the case of this guy, you can walk into a store and buy hundreds of rounds of ammunition, even though that can do more damage than, you know, one. I I will say, I think there needs to be stricter laws on the people selling the guns. There, there, you're always going to have people. I'm sure he, you know the guy at this gun shop. I don't know anything about where the guy bought the guns or anything else. But it sounds like he was more in to make a buck than he was to really just do all the background stuff that needed to be done for this kid to get the gun. And there are, unfortunately, there are people in this world that, that worship the mighty dollar more than they worship the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> yeah, I think rather than, because everyone's like, hey, blame the manufacturer for making AR-15s. Don't blame the manufacturer for making AR-15s. Uh, they make weapons. But like you said, the people that sell those weapons, I, me personally, I would think twice before I sold an AR-15 to an 18-year-old. <laughs> I think twice before I sold it to a 25-year-old in most cases. Yeah, so I think there does need to be some common sense 
And if they're using it for target practice or whatever, I don't think we should restrict it. Uh, but I think there needs to be some common sense legislation around who can get access to it. Uh, I think there definitely needs to be some, you know, training or whatever around it. If you're buying 300 rounds of ammunition at the age of 18, there needs to be some questions asked. You need to yeah. have a parent present. There needs to be some background. There may need to be some limitation, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answers, but I know someone needs to be asking more of these questions. Uh, but let's move on to this. What do you think? Because I've heard all the people say this. I've heard both sides of it about people saying that they should uh, give teachers weapons so that they can be the defenders of the of the school. I think it's a sad statement, but a very true statement. I mean, if they are willing and they are knowledgeable and they are able to have a weapon and and are trained on it and trained to do to to handle that situation then why not i mean it took them an hour before someone got into the school with guns to take out this this gunman this this is where i'm torn on this because of that situation because i agree with the teachers who say we're already doing too much. We're here to educate your children. And now you want us to discipline them. You want us to now be bodyguards to them. You already want us to be like their medical. You're asking us to do too much for like $18 an hour in some places. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But at the same time, when you, when you committed to be a teacher, when you signed up to be a teacher, you signed up for those jobs. You signed up to protect my child while they're in school. You signed up to be their bodyguard when they're in school. Well, I that think is part of the that is part of what your job is. And yes, we do not pay teachers enough. Well, we teachers. definitely don't. But I don't. I don't think they they would agree they signed up to be armed bodyguards. No, they didn't. But I, I, I think any teacher you ask would say, "I'll die for my kids." You know, yeah. they 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 and but, put themselves in harm's way to protect their children. But I don't think we should hinder the ones who wish to do that. Well, I think there's the ones who want to. Because I heard one lady on the radio. She said, "I have an armed carry." She said, uh, "There are some days I, when you know stuff happens, and I will bring it to school." She said, "But most days I don't." And this is what this is what what kind of leans me towards that it's not a good idea because all it's going to take is for one teacher who is armed to be jumped by a bunch of kids who know that teacher is armed take that weapon and do something wrong with it. Well, and there there lies the problem. Yeah. If you're an armed teacher do not advertise that you're an armed teacher. Do not advertise that you have a weapon of any kind. But I you mean, know? if this were like the public, yes, we've armed the teachers. Everyone's going to know the teachers are armed. Which, they don't have to know which teachers are and which teachers aren't. And that's the problem because for whatever reason, we think that gives us power false power 
So we'll walk around. Not not everyone. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that it's a blank statement, but in general, you know, there's there's people that will walk around and say, "Hey, I got the power to have a gun, and I'll use it if I need to," and that they feel empowered by that, you know, and they want everybody to know what they have, and that's what I'm saying. If you if you're a teacher and you you have a permit to carry. Feel free to carry, but keep your mouth shut about carrying. I will. I will. I'm still torn on this because I don't know. I feel like I don't want to put that burden on teachers. I, I will say this. When I was in high school, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, but it's so many years after that doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, Brooklyn Technical High School, the dean, who I had to go see many times for stupid stuff I did, the dean uh, he carried a 357. I didn't know this until after graduation, uh, but it, it was like apparently other teachers knew because, you know, we're in the heart of Brooklyn, wasn't the greatest neighborhood at the time. Uh, even around the school was good, but surrounding neighborhoods were not that good. And apparently he carried it not just for his protection, but if he had to protect students because there would be gang fights and this and that and the other. Uh, but I, I'm still torn. Uh, because I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, I don't know what, what I would like to see is, is, um, and I've said this like after the January 6th thing, when the Congress thought they were in trouble, uh, they approved like two point, whatever billion dollars, uh, in money for their protection and their families. Um, and I feel like the same should be done for schools. Uh, I feel like what other people have said, why aren't we creating jobs by hiring, create a school force and put armed people who are specifically, not police, not to not pulling police away from what they're doing, protecting other places of the community, but specifically trained, not just with a weapon, but also in uh, de-escalation and whatever um, in schools. Because it's a totally different dynamic when you're specifically always around kids than when you're out on the street. Um, so I I would say like train people, put school for put police in schools. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I guess I come and you're not far behind, but I come from a a generation where. You know, we we had we had guns hanging in the back of our cars because we just came in from hunting, and they'd be in the parking lot. You know, um, I don't know. I, I just, I honestly, I mean, and I and I don't mean to be blowing it off, and I'm I'm not trying to blow it off, but. I believe it is the time we are living in with the lawless of man. You know, you can, in, in some states you can go shoot somebody and not even go to jail for it. You know, you can go rob, rob a bank and not go to jail for it. When we, when we start, start being so lenient on so many things, what do we think is going to happen? Well, I am I am all for I think 
there should be someone made the statement and I, I I think it's stupid, but I get what they're saying that if someone, for example, if I go and I commit a crime, a mass shooting, and it's found that I got that weapon illegally, let's say from you, then you should be tried to the fullest extent of the law. And my thing is, if you can find Mark and you know he's dealing illegal weapons, why wait until I kill someone to try him? Why not stop him right. before then? That makes no right. sense. I think I think we we do stuff backwards. There's already laws against selling illegal weapons. There's already laws against killing. That's not fixing it. But here, someone said this. Okay, so uh, I put this up on TikTok and said, we want to hear from you guys. So just watching 1014 said, I really believe CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, other media outlets, that they should be held accountable for keeping the hate stirred up. What do you think about that? Do you think they should hold? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And praise the Lord. Yeah, they definitely. I, I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Things were so much, I don't know that they were so much better because we still had the stuff going on back in the 70s and 60s, but they weren't 24-hour coverage of what was going on. Which keeps people interested. Yeah. It makes yeah. other people feel like, ooh, if I do that, I get coverage. Because uh, right. the guy on the radio was saying that there were, he mentioned, again, he mentioned a bunch in the 80s and 90s mass shootings. And absolutely nothing has changed. Yeah. The, the, yeah we're, we're still seeing them. We're just seeing them more frequently. Um, yeah. Jeff Addison 7-6 says, it's a problem with lack of belief in God. And this, I like what he said this. He said, where God is not, Satan is. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I love like the way that he said that. Someone else said like that. The hidden gem said gun laws. That's the problem. Three forms of registration. Police officer interview with the family and friends must be 21 to purchase. I don't think that's the key because I'm a nice guy. If police interviewed my family and friends, they'd say, yeah, Floyd is no problem. Um, I'm over 21. Well over. Uh, But if I just snapped and felt like I had no other choice and started shooting up people, that would not have solved the problem. Um, I I do think I agree there needs to be, you know, just like we do with a car and with drugs, there needs to be a process to uh, get access. I think there needs to be training. There needs to be whatever. But I don't think stricter gun laws is going to stop the problem that we're seeing with the increase in violence. Um, No, I don't. I don't either. I mean, there was a story I heard this morning about a 10-year-old boy that took pictures of guns and everything and said he's coming after you. His comment was, I'm coming after you. And he directed that to the school. A 10-year-old boy. How did he get all the guns? How did he get everything? Yeah, you know? I think we're, we're, we're looking at the wrong... I, we've got to get back to teaching morals and right and wrong. And holding people accountable. So that 10-year-old boy, he needs to be held accountable for, for making yeah. threats to the, the yeah. fullest. Well, they, they, they showed him in handcuffs going to jail. But, you know, the, the sad thing is, 
he'll be held in juvenile detention till he's 18, then he'll be released. Yeah, I, I think we definitely need to re revisit and reform our, yeah. our corrections yeah. process because his 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 history while he was in in juvie will be filled and not even allowed to be looked at if he does a criminal act after juvie. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's how do I say this? It's a problem we created ourselves. Yeah, we are definitely part of the problem. We I, we are I, part of the problem. And how do we become part of the solution to solve the problem? And is, it too, is it too late? I don't think it's too late, but I think it is unless we unless we start by acknowledging, you know, we're part of the problem. Um, and it, it breaks my heart that it used to be a lot of these ridiculous things were created, were done by older people. Now, a lot of them are done by younger people under the age of 25. So, uh, coolest grandma one, three said ban AR 15 arms. Again, I don't think that's going to stop them. Um, no. she said, raise the age to 21. And my only problem with that, I see what people are saying. You're not old enough to do a thing, but I, here's my thing. You can't say on the one hand, we're going to raise the age to buy a gun to 21 because you're not smart enough and old enough to know what you're doing. But at the same time, on the other hand, say we're going to decrease the age for sexual activity and abortions because you are smart enough. You cannot have it both ways. And, and that's what I was just going to say. We're, we're, we're going to increase the age to say you can't get a gun, but we're going to just decrease the age to say I can kill my baby. Yeah, it, you cannot have it both ways. It, um, it, it, I mean, again, I, and, and I'm sorry I'm a preacher, I can't help it. It goes back to sin. We have to start addressing sin in the church again. We cannot continue to not address sin. Yeah, well, si since you said that, uh, Sila underscore 731 said, I feel it is down to morality. Lack of culpability from action. So much evil many have in their lives that has become a habit, a habit and comfort. And I agree with her. We've normalized evil and wrong and justified, hey, do what you want if it feels good, even if that includes taking the life of somebody else. Uh, yeah. And we've, we've told people, your actions are justified and all of this stuff. And that's not the case. That's not true. Right. And, and look at the TV shows that are on TV, the top shows and the, the things. There's a show on, on TV. It's called um, Chicago PD, I think it's called. It's, it's a top show about the cops in Chicago. And the one guy who, who heads the one department, the murder department or whatever, homicide department, he has no problem if someone shoots somebody to take him out in the alley and shoot him himself and say that he fought to get away. And everybody turns their backs and says it's okay for him to be that way. That's what we're seeing. That's what kids are seeing on TV. That's what kids are seeing in video games, that it's okay to kill someone because it's just a game. 
Yeah, I think the violence that we were exposed to when we were kids has progressed from Absolutely. 100%. Like, I mean, we did the same things. We played cops and robbers, you know, cowboys, yeah. Indians, whatever you want to call it, shooting at each other with cap guns and da 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 and all that stuff. But I think the amount of imagery around violence has progressed and been glorified. Um, yeah. And Mary from Ben, I have no idea what that means. She said, when you're with your kids, don't use the phone. Talk to them about everything. Teach your kids faith and respect. Um, and I think that's true. It goes back to the home. Everyone is saying what the teachers should do and what law enforcement should do. No one's saying what people at home should do. <clears throat> it's not law enforcement's job to raise your kids and teach them right from wrong and good morals. That's something yeah. that should be done at home. And I know a family that every evening the, the kids, they're teenagers, they're allowed to have their phones up until dinner time and their, their laptops and iPads and everything up until dinner time. At dinner, they go into a basket and they can't have them the rest of the evening. They just sit with family. They do family activities. They do family things. They do their homework. They, you know, they, they actually are active and they aren't complaining about it. The no, I think, I think, I think you if know? we go back to normalizing personal interaction, it would help a lot. Um, Julie Brown, and, and, six, Julie Brown 166 said families should be families again. So kids can have parents in their life uh, rather than she also said work on mental health. Um, and I believe that too. I, I think there's a lot to do with the mental health. And, and that's the problem we've done. Is we've done podcasts on this. We don't know how to handle mental health. We don't know what to do about mental health. Yeah. And that, well, yeah. And I, uh, a lady posted a question on my TikTok the other day because she was asked to leave a church for two reasons one because she had mental health issues and because she shared that she had previously had an abortion and they asked her to leave the church uh and on that issue i blame the pastor and the congregation because where else are people supposed to turn whether they're dealing with mental health or whether they've dealing with whether it be abortion or whatever that kind of oops, sorry my phone's going off um that kind of thing in their life. They're, they should be able to turn to the body of Christ and the people of God uh, rather than being turned away. And Michael Bradley 580 said, violence, the same thing we said, is a symptom of a much greater illness, a sickness only cured by faith in and obedience to the one true living God. And Amen. I think that's all the, yeah, that's, that's, that's all the comments. So I, 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 and this one, I hold the I hold the body of Christ accountable. I think this is this is our fault for not stepping forward and calling it sin. Um, they can laugh at us, and I get people that say this all the time: they laugh at us, judge us, or whatever. But it's sin. That's that's the source of the problem, uh, and we have the answer to that. Um, legislation can't change the human heart. Um, banning guns isn't going to change the human heart. Only God can do that. And we exist to show people that there is a God who loves them. And we are not doing our job. We're so focused on, 
you know, whatever churches are focused on these days, rather than sharing the gospel that, um, and turning people away and being country clubs and judging people and politicizing that we miss the point of why we are here to share and show the love of Christ. Right. And, and again, it's not surprising to me that that's the way the body of Christ is. You look at the seven churches that Jesus addressed in Revelation, there's only two out of seven that he didn't have any real problems with. And the other five he had major problems with. And one of them, I think it was Sardis, that was um, was the corrupt church. And they there was another church that was a compromising church. And we have kind of put all of them together into one church now. We're a corrupt, compromising, dead, non-loving church. And, and that's, you know, for, for the true Christ follower, as we look around this world and we see the condition of this world and we see what's going on, Yes, it should sadden our hearts for those around us and for everybody that's here. But it also also should put a flame under our butts to get out and start telling people about Jesus. About, and, and start explaining to people, you want a better life? I have a person that can give you that better life. You know, and and it also should help us to realize God keeps his promises. God promised us that this was going to happen and it's happening. But he also promised there's a way out and he also promises at the end of the book that we're going to win as long as we're following him. Yeah, I think we've, uh, I don't know. I, I, I go between anger, heartbreak, frustration because uh, no one wants to see loss of life uh, and I know they were talking about just in and around Pittsburgh all the shootings and last week an 18 month old killed in a drive-by shooting and yeah. I, I can't help but think that in every single one of these communities where all of this stuff is taking place there are churches that are sitting almost empty and the people are content with that. And again, our focus is not to try to get people in the buildings. I think we've said that over and over. And if we haven't, I just want to make that clear uh, that our, uh, we have said over and over our focus is to take whoever comes into that building and equip them to go out into their communities and share and show the love of Christ with people in their communities. And we've, we've gotten so far from that. And this is the result. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Um, and, and, and I go the same as you. I go through being angered about it, being frustrated about it, being hopeful, because as long as there's breath in our, in our bodies, there's hope that things can change. And, and, but we have to be willing as pastors 
we have to be willing to address the hard issues. We have to be willing to stand up and not compromise from the biblical truth. And we have to be willing to teach the Bible from, for word for word, literally what it says. Yeah. So what, what, if anything, do, when these things happen, I know you're, you're kind of fresh in there at Metal Run, but when these things happen, what do you tell your people? What do you, what kind of things do you say to them to encourage them, inspire them, or just grieve with them? Well, this, this past Sunday, we had, um, we had a chance, it was a Memorial Day, you know, so we had a chance to uh, talk about Memorial. I, actually, I was in Joshua 4, where it just so happened he built Memorial Stone, uh, a memorial, memorial Stone uh, for crossing the Jordan. But we should be sad. If we're not, if we are not somehow moved by what happened in Texas last week, then we need to search our hearts and say, are we really following Christ? I mean, that's how serious I am about it. Because if that doesn't move you to pray for people that you may know in your community that has a tendency or or a, you you can see that if you know they're one step away from cracking if you can't pray for them and reach out to them then i'm sorry we, we we're we're not doing what christ told us to do and that's how i address it is that we have people all around us that are only a second away from snapping and we need to be diligent in watching out for our community and those around us to see the warning signs, to see the, you know, if, if someone just needs someone to sit down with them, don't say a word, just sit there with them. Then be that person to sit there with them. If you need to go fishing with them, go fishing with them. You know, whatever it takes to to be a part of the life of someone in your community. And we all have circles of influence that we can be a part of, that we need to start loving as God loves. And that's the main thing that we're missing. We're not loving people like God loves people. Yeah, we, 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 don't, we can't be responsible for everyone, but there, even if we all just for the people in our circle of influence, just make sure that they're okay. Uh, yeah. Make sure that, that, you know, Hey, when they're going through something, we're stepping up and we're being there for them. Uh, if, if everyone who calls themselves a Christ follower just did that, that would have a huge impact on communities nationwide. Well, the problem Absolutely. is, you know, as we said, we're not, we're not doing that. We're so focused on so we many other things. And we are content to be where we are. Don't interrupt my my flow. Don't interrupt my way of doing things because I'm comfortable in what I'm doing. Yeah, and I get upset, and I'm not trying to judge them, but I get upset, and I've stopped asking whenever, you know, something happens in the nation. And so we'll ask in one of the pastor groups online, hey, are you going to address this? 
They're like, no, I'm going to keep preaching through Ephesians or keep preaching through whatever or just share the gospel. And I'm like, how could this not be a part of the gospel when the people that God has called us to go out and to share his love with are killing one another? How could that not be important? You know, I, I just happen to think we're talking about this, and this is a battle, a spiritual battle. That's what is going on right now. My sermon Sunday, this coming Sunday, and I'm not trying to put a plug in or anything, but it's called The Battle You Cannot Win. There are things that we just cannot win. And the battle we can't win are the things that we don't address in our lives that need to be addressed. And no, we cannot win them on our own. We have to have Jesus Christ in our lives to be victorious over the walls of Jericho that are in front of us. Yeah, and I'm going to throw in my last thought with the same one I started with, that uh, if we know that the root of this is sin, and we're not willing to step forward and identify it as such and call it out as such, then like James said, if we know the right thing to do and we don't do it, then we're sinning. Uh, we're sinning against God and against the people in our communities. So I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer, and hopefully people will listen to this and go to their pastors and their church leadership and say, hey, we need to not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the spaghetti fundraisers and the and the and the you know strawberry <laughs> cupcake sales and all of those things. But if we're not just hey, how can we equip ourselves to go out into the community and be the church and just be there for people and be involved? If that's not our priority, then we're we're doing it wrong. Uh, right. We've got it wrong. Right. And I I would like to just say too that whoever listens to this. If you're struggling with something and you need someone to talk to, Floyd is available. I'm available. Reach out to us. Just reach out to us. Um, and we would be more than happy to pray with you, sit down with you, or just to be there for you. Um, and, uh, you know, if you need Jesus, we'd be more than happy to share him with you as well. Yeah, and we, we, we don't do it expecting now the payment is you now have to come to our congregations. No. We never see you again or see you in person or whatever. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not what it's about. We just want to be available. We want to be used by God in any way that he wants to use us. So, that's right. Father God, we come to you today First of all, with thanksgiving in our hearts, knowing that you are the God who has all the answers. You are the one who who can solve this problem with just a bat of an eye. But Lord, we also know that you realize you're dealing with man and that we are a simple creature and that we are born with sin in our hearts. And Lord, until we recognize that sin and repent of that sin and turn it over to you, we will not have peace. We will not have hope in this world. So we thank you for giving us the answer 
through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us, and the third day rose again, so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you for that. We ask that you'd be with the families in Texas who are burying their loved ones and the ones in Oklahoma who are, are dealing with their losses today. Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those who um, sit and can make a difference but just seem to sit and argue. We pray that you would make a difference in that body um, of government right now. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us from now and on this, the rest of this day, and that we would all attend a Sunday celebration somewhere. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.